Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are. Whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate you joining me, give me a little bit of your time. I know y'all have other things, probably a pretty long laundry list of things you need to be doing, so I'll try and use your time wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help to grow, seemingly week after week at this point, I sure am grateful and humbled. And even if it stops growing next week, it's been fun. Thank you, Lord, for the time to do the podcast and for those that listen. Guide them through the day. Me as well, and give me the words you want me to speak. About the only thing, well, there's two things. The For those of y'all that have listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we have struggled with squash vine borers quite a bit, and we bought a trap this year. But it was too late in the season, but I thought that it was going to work for a little while because all of the winter squash looked really healthy. Sadly, it did not. <laughs> uh, I put it out too late, and the vine borers had already laid eggs, so most of our winter squash is now wilting in the garden, which is frustrating. But on a good note, there's just the slightest hint of a chill in the mornings these days. So I'll take that. So this podcast is going to be one that we do every so often. It's a little, I guess, a little different. I'm not sure it's really different or if it's more to the point. We talk about and back this up almost every single episode with quotes from our founders and other leaders about how this is, was born a Christian republic based on the principles of Christ. And the more you listen, the more widespread you see, just like when I dig into this. how just absolutely true that was and and the people that argue against it are either grossly ignorant of our own heritage and history or malevolent and and you kind of have to make your own choice there and i guess you have to make your own choice with each person individually but you can't have a real honest conversation if you can at least acknowledge that the country was based on the principles of Christ. And so we talk often about what the left has done to twist that abortion, sanctity of marriage, sanctity of life, LGBTQ relationships, feminism, huge one, critical race theory, identity politics, revisionist history in our 
education, all these things really pushed in education. The changes just to the systems, institutions, rejection of God, all of this goes back to that. Socialism, communism. I have two kitty cats now, by the way, and one puppy dog, the quieter of the two puppy dogs, you can tell, but the other one is right behind him, and she is not quiet or docile. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And so what I would, what we're going to do today is talk one of the things, one of those subjects that we talk about frequently is the roles, God-given roles. I tell you what, I tell you all this every so often when this one comes up. If you have never had a lab as a pet, it is an experience and a half. They just absolutely demand attention. Lord. And so we're going to talk about roles today, men and women, marriage. And really what I'm going to do is is just read some Bible verses and probably offer pretty limited comment, folks. Maybe just a little bit here and there, at least while I'm reading them. And we'll just see how many I get through. Uh, limited, A, because I'm always a little nervous about commenting directly on Bible verses. Uh, B, just so we can get through some more. But what I will say is, above all else, as I read through these, look at yourself. Look at your marriage if you're married. Think about whether you were taught this as a adolescent, young kid. And whether if you have kids, you're teaching your kids. Or teaching your spouse, if, if that's something that needs to be done. And then make sure that you realize, and we talk about this often when we have these, really often just in general. Whatever you think your priorities are, look at how you're spending your time and your energy right now. And see if that matches up with what you would tell people your priorities are. Because as a nation, we've absolutely gone away from these principles. And it, and the last thing, and then I'm going to start to read these, is realize that there's a lot of people out there that think that that's a good thing. And so when you start to think that you can reconcile with these people, that you can coexist with these people. And I'm not just talking about national politicians, cultural leaders, but your neighbors, your friends, family, co-workers. Realize that there's a lot of people out there that think that it's a really good thing for our nation and for us that we have rejected God and pushed him away and think that we need to keep going down that path. And even if they won't admit that openly, that's the way they vote. That's what they support. So we're going to start way back at the very beginning. This is from Genesis 
trying to for some reason it didn't huh I'll get there folks I apologize no it's there but it won't let me see it for some reason all right this is from Genesis 2 uh, verse 22 starting with that the Lord God fashioned into woman into a woman the rib which he had taken from man and brought her to the man the man said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Going to Mark 10, this is Jesus being questioned by Pharisees about divorce. Some Pharisees came up to Jesus testing him and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And he answered and said to them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. In the house, the disciples began questioning him again, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she herself divorces her husband and marries another man, she is committing adultery. A couple comments I will offer here, folks. I feel pretty safe offering. Jesus going back to talk about Moses and this tying back into Genesis. You know, our founders uh, relied heavily on the Old Testament as they were creating this nation. I, the thought popped into my head, Jefferson and Franklin and Adams were commissioned by the Continental Congress to create a seal for the United States. And, and our founders talked about this, uh, I guess, allegory. I, I don't know what, how you would phrase it, but they, they went back to this story often from the Bible. And, and those three men, though, in this particular case, they pulled heavily from Moses and the Israelites escaping Pharaoh in Egypt to create this seal that they offered up. And, and it's not the one we originally used, but there's still quite a bit of it in the one. And we talked about this a while back, the great seal of the United States, and we'll come back to it again at some point. Uh, so, you know, if our founders were wanted to use that so heavily, wouldn't it make sense that we'd, we would pay attention to what was said here? about marriage, going back to Moses, talking about Jesus Christ and his commandments. One would think. The other is, there's no other relationship in our lives, folks, where we become one flesh. And, and that's obviously, yes, talking physically, uh, but emotionally, spiritually. And yet, think about your lives. I, I can guarantee you right now that I don't do a good enough job treating that as the most 
precious relationship I have on earth outside of my relationship with God and Jesus Christ. But if, if there's only one relationship in our entire lives where we reach this level of intimacy and, and closeness, why do we continue to give hours and hours to working out, hunting, golfing, watching sports, watching TV on our phone, on Instagram or Netflix or Snapchat or YouTube or all these other things? We can, can you know, we give all this time to that and we give a pittance at best five, ten minutes a day to our marriage. That doesn't seem to make much sense. And, and then we wonder why our relationships are falling apart. Ephesians 5, start with verse 22. This is a section titled Marriage Like Christ and the Church. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. I'm reminded uh, in mere Christianity of a comment C.S. Lewis made. And he was talking about this particular section about wives being subject to their own husbands and said, you know, I know this is really going to be unpopular, but that doesn't make it any less true. Uh, and I've also thought about the fact that we get a lot of, pushback, even in the church and the Christian body, uh, about wives submitting to their husbands, and yet we never get any pushback about the command for husbands to love their wives. I'm not saying that all husbands do that. Don't misunderstand me. We certainly don't. The point is, as a society, we've gotten to where we want to say, oh, well, that's completely unfair uh, and, and sexist misogynistic, whatever word you want to use. But we don't say that the other way around. We look at men and go, absolutely, you're supposed to love your wife. God, I can't even imagine that you would even ask that question. So, just thought I'd throw that in there since apparently today we're all about equality and all of that good stuff. First Peter chapter 3, Godly Living. 
In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Pretty apparent here that men and women are different. And yet today, culture, entertainment, education, all being pushed by the left, which rejects God, says that men and women are the same. Not equal, folks. That's that's never the push from the left, equality. They use that word, but either don't know what it means or, or know what it means and are being purposely deceptive. Men and women are of equal value. It says that right here, you know, because you always hear that Christians don't treat men and women equally, right? Right? But you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Fellow heir, it doesn't say subservient heir. There's an order of things on the planet, on earth. Christ and then the husband and then the wife. But there's other places in the New Testament. God doesn't make a distinguish or doesn't distinguish between men and women as far as being of equal value. We are of equal value, but we absolutely have different strengths and weaknesses. And when we pretend that that's not true, we, we weaken ourselves and we weaken those around us and we weaken the institutions that we're part of, right? Military, we talk about this often as a great example. Your first responders, police, firefighters. We've pretended that men and women are equal and, and, and not equal. We pretended they're the same. And that's not true at all. We're not the same. And so what do we do when we pretend that? We make the whole structure weaker. And throw this in, we used this quote recently. President John Quincy Adams said, you know, it's not so much admirable to know the Bible as it is shameful to be ignorant of it. In his day and age, everybody knew the Bible. It was was the people that didn't know the Bible. Those were the ones that were supposed to be ashamed. And and you can tell for sure that we've fallen off track there. I had quite a bit more, folks, but we've gotten up to the edge. We'll come back to it. The point is, again, are we listening to the Bible, the words? Are Are we pulling from Moses and the Old Testament like Franklin and Jefferson and Adams did? Are we listening to Jesus Christ? And do we understand and know the commands for men and women and marriage and sex? 
which there are commands for that I didn't get to today. No, we're not. We're completely rejecting that and have been for decades. And, and everything goes back to that. And then on our own level, how are we spending our time and energy each day? Do our so-called priorities line up with our actions? And if they don't, then we either have to admit that they really aren't our priorities. Our spouse really isn't our priority. Our children really aren't our priority. Our faith in God certainly isn't a priority. Our priorities are sports and phones and TV and entertainment and whatever else, shopping, hunting, fishing, whatever it is that you do that you spend hours and hours on in place of God and your spouse. Or we have to change. both individually and as a nation. And we can, folks. I said this yesterday. We can absolutely change and turn this around. But we've got to turn back to the playbook, right? We've got to turn back to God and the Bible. And that's just a choice we make. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.